Do you need to have a goal in therapy? My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. In this episode of Stuck Not Broken, I want to help you get some clarity about the process of therapy. So welcome to Stuck Not Broken. So do you need to have a goal in therapy? I'm going to be reading a blog that I wrote. If you're like me and you prefer to listen versus read, this will be good for you. But if you prefer to read it, uh, just follow the link in the description and it'll take you to justinlmft.com where you can read it. By the way, I do have a Patreon, only $5 a month, and there's a lot more audio content just like this. There's many episodes I put out every week for only 5 bucks a month. So do you need to have a goal in therapy? Yes, there needs to be a goal or goals in therapy. Oh my gosh, yes. I discuss things like bad therapy here on the podcast as well as my Patreon podcast. But here I'm going to go through some main points in considering this question in particular. Therapy is not a paid friendship. It is a professional service. A service just like any other. The client pays the agreed upon amount. The provider gives the agreed upon professional service. These two things and more would be included in an informed consent. And there's an agreed upon goal of the service. Maybe an end date. Maybe like a number of sessions. Either way. It ends when one of these conditions is met. But my focus here is on a measurable change goal. And a measurable change goal should be there, in my opinion, no matter what the end condition is. Whether it be a number of sessions or an end date, I still think that there should be a change goal. If I hire a plumber, it's for a set price for a set service, and ends when my plumbing need is alleviated. The plumber doesn't just keep finding things to fix or wander around the house aimlessly. No. We agree ahead of time on what the plumber will do. They work until the leak under the sink is fixed, for example. For therapists, we provide a service around something much less obvious but still measurable like until the feelings of anxiety have alleviated from a severity of 9 out of 10 to 3 out of 10, or the nightmares have reduced to once a week versus nightly, or the moments of noticeable glimmers with family members increases to three times a day. Something like that, typically with a baseline and an identified stretch of time to see the change maintain as well, like for one month. Friendships don't have goals or cutoff points, or a limited number of meetings. Friendship does not involve being paid. It's not a professional service. It's friendship. Friends can get together and just talk. They can kill time with no specific end goal in mind. It's about the company of the friend, not what you want out of the friend. Therapy is different. There's something a client wants out of the therapist, something that the client is not able to to do alone at that point in their life. So they hire someone they perceive can help them to get to the next step. If you're coming in week after week and doing basic chit chat or venting, that's not therapy. Chit chat can have its place in building rapport with a client. And oftentimes a session begins with chit chat. And there might be a week where the client tells me, look, I just need to vent. 
and for you to listen. But the heart of therapy is much more than this. Again, it's a service and not a friendship. We are supposed to provide something different that a friend or other support cannot. And part of that is having a clear goal to collaborate on. I personally do not feel comfortable whatsoever with accepting money from someone to simply talk or chit-chat or vent or just gain some sort of vague insight. That's something that they can get elsewhere. If a therapist is taking payment from you week after week without a goal, then I don't know what they're doing. It seems they're charging you for talking with no end in sight. How do you know if this is helpful or not? How do you know if you're making progress? How is that being measured? Is the therapist part of that discussion on progress? If they aren't discussing or measuring progress, what are they doing? And I know the client is still receiving co-regulation and simply connecting with another human being is important and helpful. But helpful towards what? What does my co-regulation have to do with the client unless they have a goal that they are working towards? If you want co-regulation, that's what friends are for. You can get co-regulation in the form of friendly support or a mentor or a family member or a spiritual leader. But what if I don't have these things and just need someone to talk to, you might be thinking. Then a goal of therapy is to increase your support network. Not for the therapist to be your support network. Therapy is temporary. Not ongoing with no end in sight. Yes, some clients might be in therapy for years and years. This isn't a discussion on how long therapy should take, only on whether there is a goal or not. Even for those clients in therapy for years, there should still be regular measuring of progress toward a specific goal. Goals can change over time, by the way. The goal of the first few months of therapy might not be the same as the last few months. As one thing improves in therapy, then it might be time to change the goal to something else. But this needs to be a verbally discussed and then written agreement between client and therapist, not meandering in and out of session, discussing whatever is the problem currently. Not only should the goals be clearly discussed and agreed upon, but they should also be revisited regularly. I typically check with my clients about their progress on goals pretty much every session. How did the homework go? How's your progress on the overall goal? Do you feel like you're still making progress on the goal or do we need to rediscuss it? Stuff like that. I also regularly check in with them about myself as a service provider every session. How did this session go for you? Did I do an okay job for you today? How was I as a listener for you? Is there anything that I can do better for you next time? Stuff like that. A goal is something that is agreed upon and collaborated on. So getting feedback about myself as the provider involves the client in the collaborative aspect. They design the goal with me. They discuss what's working and what's not working with me. We change what needs to be changed as therapy progresses. The collaboration is central to building autonomy for the client. Otherwise, without the transparent collaboration, 
we're left with an expert-client dichotomy. It's a strong power differential. When you collaborate, it begins to neutralize the impact of the power differential and eliminates the dichotomy. Therapists are the experts on psychology in the room, sure. But the client is the expert on their life in the room. The two meet in the middle and collaborate. The client is viewed as a fundamental part of therapy and not the recipient of therapy. Therapy is done with the client and not to the client. Without a goal, that collaboration is lost. Not having a goal in therapy and simply meandering week after week builds dependence from the client to the therapist. Although I do also wonder about the therapist to the client as well. A relationship of weekly venting can emerge, one of a weekly reset. This weekly reset is helpful for the week, maybe, but what about long term? What about that client's larger ability to gain more emotional independence? If there is no larger goal being addressed, the client might be relying on the therapist for their weekly grounding. If the client has no one else in their life for support, this creates a significant problem. A therapist can't be offering only weekly venting. This is a guaranteed regular bill for a service that has no end in sight and may have also built dependency on the therapist. This is the exact opposite of what therapy is supposed to provide. Goals build autonomy and success. Meeting goals is important in life. They are foundational in building confidence, healthy boundaries, bravery, and again, autonomy. And feeling value in yourself and your capacity to meet challenges. But you can't meet a goal if you have not set a goal. Same applies for therapy. To help clients build their autonomy and confidence, they need to experience feelings of success and pride in what they have achieved, to be able to see where they were and where they are. When you begin treatment with a licensed therapist, creating a treatment plan is expected. It's taught to us in therapy school, as Mercedes would say, and is part of the basic structure of therapy. Therapeers, if you don't set goals with your clients, what are you working on? Are you providing anything distinct from what others can give to your clients? How do you know? If you have some means of knowing that you're working on a goal, is your client aware of it also? Do they know that you have a goal for them? Has it been discussed with them? Does your informed consent say that goals aren't going to be developed if they're not? I think at its best, not having a treatment goal is an attempt to provide co-regulation, opportunities for venting, and be a support for the client. At its worst, it's a way to take advantage of someone's desperation and give them a weekly bill with no end in sight. And both of these can look the same way. How would you know the difference? We have to do better. We have to provide a unique collaborative experience and professional relationship for our clients that they cannot get elsewhere. And part of that is a goal for our time with our clients. So that's the blog entry. After I shared this, I got a couple of responses from people that said they have not gotten a goal in therapy or that the majority of the therapy therapist experiences have been without a goal. Like the majority of the therapists they've seen did not have a goal. And I'm pretty shocked by that. This is 
standard. This is fundamental to therapy. We are taught this. Again, we're taught this in school. So if you're not getting a goal in therapy, that is not the expected norm. That is not the expected norm of the therapeutic process. One person did say they didn't need a goal and they wanted to just gain insight. What I would say, if, so if a client came to me and said, hey, I just want to build some insight. My response would be, okay, well, towards what? what, what how would you know that we're done? What's the, what's the amount of insight that you want to have? How would you know that you've gotten enough insight? If you got the amount of insight that you wanted, what change would happen in, in your life? So I, it's, I would still need to know on my end what the end point of therapy is. I personally do not feel comfortable taking money from someone for my service unless I know that there's a, a clear end in sight that we can both agree on. Even if it's just, I want to gain insight, I, there's some follow-up questions there. Otherwise, week in, week out, it's like, how much is enough? So I think it should be openly discussed. And I got one more uh, question here from someone. They said, if a therapist is not setting goals, does that mean they are a bad therapist? And a follow-up question, is it solely the responsibility of the therapist to start that conversation? I have a great relationship with my therapist. However, sometimes our sessions do wander a bit and our discussions do not have a whole lot of direction. Is it up to the client to advocate or move on? So the first part of this is if a therapist is not setting goals, does that mean they are a bad therapist? And I want to real quick just reword this. If a therapist is not collaborating on goals with the client, let's because the therapist doesn't exactly set them, they collaborate with the client. We create them together. So is it, does that make them a bad therapist? I don't think so. I, I, would, I won't call them a bad therapist. They might be a wonderful therapist and they might do some really good work. But again, not having a goal is working outside of the norm of this profession, of the expectations of what we're taught, of the expectations of this profession. So are they a bad therapist in total? No, probably not. Or Potentially no, but they are, are they are now acting outside of our norms. They're, they're not following the basic standards, at least when it comes to goals. Second question, is it solely the responsibility of the therapist to start the conversation? In my opinion, 100% yes. It is their job. It's our job. It is our job. We, this is what we are taught. We should know the, the process of therapy. So yeah, 100%, it's on us, yes. Would you tell a refrigerator repair person what to do? No, you expect them to know the steps. You expect them to know the process of fixing the refrigerator, right? Now, I, the therapist doesn't exactly fix the client. That's not the way it works. It's, I know it is different. I get it. But still, the, the point here is there's a service that we're hiring someone for. We expect the person that we're hiring to know the process of the service, to know the process of how to get from point A to point B. Yes, I'm using, I'm using examples that are completely unromantic because I, I, I do, I want to kind of strip away some of the, some of the, uh, frills of therapy. I, I want clients to know the process of therapy. I want this to be very transparent. I want them to be empower, empowered. So in this conversation, I'm boiling therapy down to a service for hire and I'm okay with that. That's what it is. So is it up to the client to know this and to start that conversation? It's really not. It is really not. They can, of course, ask for clarification. They can, of course, ask to know the process so that they're informed, which is also what the informed consent is all about. But I don't expect my clients to know my side of things. I expect me. I expect myself to know that. 
and to implement them as best as I can. And if a client asks me, hey, why are we doing this or that? I better have an answer for them. If not, I'm kind of making it up. Now, the last part of this is I have a great relationship with my therapist. However, sometimes our sessions do wander a bit and our discussions do not have a whole lot of direction. Is it up to the client to advocate or move on? And this this is completely 100% a personal choice up to the client. It's, you know, for if this was me, if I had sessions that just sort of meandered, I wasn't getting a whole lot of it out of it. I personally would probably move on. That's me. That's me. I am not recommending what you do with your therapist. That's me. If I felt like I'm not getting much out of this, honestly, I expect that person with their training to know these steps. So I'm not, I'm not going to teach them what to do and then stick it out for me personally. I'm going to move on and find someone that would be a better fit. So if a client really believes in that therapist and they want to say, Hey, we, we need to talk about the process of this. There's nothing wrong with that. If a client wants to say, you know, you're a great therapist, but it's not cutting it. I need something different. That's okay too. There's, there's no wrong answer here. It's completely up to the client and what they, what they need for themselves. I hope this episode brought you some clarity, especially for the clients here, for, for clients of therapy, not mine, just in general. For, well, for mine as well, I guess. But for a client in therapy or someone who's entering or curious about the process of therapy, I hope this brought you some clarification as to what to expect. Yeah, there needs to be goals or a goal. There needs to be a goal uh, for therapy. And I hope that this helps you with, with, with some of that transparency. If you have questions about therapy, feel free to reach out to me. Actually, I, I like this kind of stuff. If I, if I can be of help, I will. Uh, as far as like addressing it here on the podcast. But if you have questions about therapy, you should be able to ask your therapist and hopefully that they're open to those questions, those curiosities that you have and have an answer for you as well. In my opinion, they should. Again, I do have a Patreon. It's $5 a month. I would really appreciate your support. And there's hours and hours and hours of more. uh, It's a whole separate podcast. So only $5 a month. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.